As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. And welcome to Starkville. Baseball Hall of Famer, Jason Stark. And then the robot said, strike. That's why you're going in the Hall of Fame. It's an inside-the-park home run, Doug Gladwell. Mike tried his coffee at Starbucks with a double latte skinny. Doug, are you ready to make some podcast magic? I am ready. Bring on the magic wand. Let's do it. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to Starkville. I'm Jason Stark. I write about baseball for The Athletic and I am joined once again by my good friend, writer, broadcaster, professor, distinguished former major leaguer and the voice of the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game on ESPN Radio, Doug Glanville. Doug, happy All-Star Week, my friend. Yeah. Oh, Jay, great. Very excited. And then I got to see you this year. I know last year you you were unable to attend. So we are going to yeah, we're going to party over here in Seattle. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's great to be here. I I connected. I came from Hartford through Minneapolis, uh, (laughs) met a producer, but, you know, just it's been great. And uh, I'm delirious. It's been like 14 hours door to door. But Seattle is like, I feel like I'm in another country over here. I mean, this place is like so different than the East Coast. It's like night and day, literally. Uh, Wow. The temperature dropped by that 40 degrees since you left. So that's good. Temperature drops, the mountains, (laughs) the fog rolling in or whatever's happening. Yeah. It's uh yeah it's it's beautiful over here though really nice yeah yeah as you mentioned that uh, we're both in Seattle and still we were successfully able to manage not being in the same place when we recorded this show <laughs> it's one of our skills uh, we will both be at T-Mobile Park though for the both the Derby and the game and you know Doug this is honestly one of my highlights of every baseball season all the All Star hoopla and festivities what about you. I love it. I love it. You know, well, this is the thing. We talked about this last year. You know, I've covered the game for a long time. I certainly played. I did all kinds of stuff around the game. But I had never been, like, at an All-Star game. I was trying to think about that. Like, had I been to an All-Star game? I hadn't been to an All-Star game. Didn't do it as a player. 
went to Hall Notes concerts instead during a break. Um, <laughs> I didn't do it as an announcer. And then they, you know, I finally got this radio gig and I was able to go. And I was, I was like, wow, I have never done this. And I watched them religiously as a kid. So it was great. It was just like a giant family reunion. That's what it felt like. Yeah. You know, it, just the the rolling out of the stars, but people I have these friendships with and relationships over the year from every level, whether as a as a kid, as a fan, to teammates, to coaches, to the players I'm covering, you know, they're all in one place. And then there's the, all your colleagues. And I came checking in the hotel, ran into Sour Langs in the lobby. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> so so I just – um, it, it's it's just a lot of fun. And uh, I took a lot of pictures last year. Uh, you know, I just think it's the festivities around it. It's just a celebration of the game that obviously you and I both love. But at its finest, at its best, and so much has been built around it now to really find other things to celebrate, not just the game, but the communities and the diversity. And, the you know, I think it's just been fantastic. So, um, yeah, I, I just I look forward to this. And, you know, I told my brother, I said, I got to get you next year at Arlington, you know, try to get my bro out here because that's the guy who taught me the game. So I always think of him right away when I think of the All-Star game. You know, I was going to say almost exactly the same thing is like you work in baseball. Um, the, the weird thing about it is, you know, our best friends on earth are people we almost never see until you come to something like this and then you see all of them. And uh, that that term celebration, uh, it really is a celebration of baseball. It's a gathering of people who play it, who work in it, who cover it and who love it, you know, and that obviously includes us. And so it just... It, it's it's just one of those times in the year that re- reminds me why I'm so lucky to do w- what I do for a living, you know, to just be part of the celebration of a sport that uh, I love and has really changed my whole life. Um, so we're, today we're going to talk about that and more with uh, the great Mariners broadcaster, Dave Sims, but um first let's just have a little fun and talk about the home run derby we've we've kidded a lot over the years nobody has written more words about the home run derby in (laughs) derby history than i have i don't know if it's good (laughs) bad weird or what but i done that but i'm always just really really caught up in the derby my derby memories i think don't tell anybody i said this i think my derby memories are more vivid than my actual memories of the all-star game so why don't we have a little fun and predict this home run derby? Um, Doug, you, you just have to pick one of the eight contestants to win the home run derby. It's easy to play this game. Who you got? <laughs> oh, well, look, I got to capitalize on last season. I mean, I didn't really appreciate or know a whole lot about Julio Rodriguez's pop. I mean, I saw him at a home run at the metal, you know, factory over there in San Diego. What is it called? Metal shop, metal fact. And um, I was like, whoa, okay, this guy's got a lot of pop. And then the show that he put on, it was like a crime he didn't win. He, it's like he, he was one of the guys that just like accumulated so much and just got lost in the shuffle. <laughs> and he, uh, and, but, but wow. So um, he's back home. He's in Seattle. He's due to break out in the second half. Uh, I see Julio Rodriguez doing magic things now one of my favorite stories though is adley rutschman got to interview him before the game the other day and i guess i think it's his dad who's pitching to him so i thought that was really cool uh but i'm not sure it's cool enough to beat julio rodriguez and what he might do (laughs) we have a great 
rumor about Julio and the Derby coming up here when we talk to Dave Sims. Uh, but right, let's think about how you could have answered this. You could have gone with the easy choice, Pete Alonso, guy who just lives to hit home runs and win derbies. Uh, right. You could have gone with the, the the sentimental hometown choice and just been everybody's favorite uh, in Seattle, everybody's favorite Starkville co-host by picking Julio. I didn't do any of that. So I just way too easy. So you don't want to know mm-hmm. my pick. I, I I just have a feeling about Randy Arozarena. Uh, there's just something about that guy, Doug. He's a showman. Uh, he loves the moment. Um, I know it's not October yet, but I, I do think he he's going to rise to this moment. Um, my friends in Tampa Bay say he was putting on a show all week, taking a home run derby type BP. So and I was thinking, all right, who, is, who's the most likely guy in the field to hit one off the space needle i think it's him i, th- I do <laughs> so, so I, I, should we place a small wager on this like whoever's pick who does the best what what should what should we win i like i here's what i would like if i win yes. if randy rosarena out homers julio i want that map of starkville that you've been threatening to draw for like three years now that would force <laughs> you to actually draw it so let's go <laughs> Randy or Rosarina could make this happen. What would I win? I think we. Or what would you I think win? we do. I think we do that anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, where is? Um, well, this is what I'll say. I want a replica of the Space Needle, with a Julio Rodriguez jersey draped over it, like a, a miniature jersey, something like that. Yeah. How how large would the replica be? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it could be. You know, it doesn't have to be large. Just enough yeah, to fit. Any kind of jersey you can find. (laughs) You can ship it to me. Okay, so he wins the derby. I need to come up with a replica of the Space Needle. You think there's any souvenir shops in Seattle that might offer those for sale? (laughs) But but we'll have a little mini jersey to fit over it. That's the key. I gotta I got I gotta have evidence of what it came from. I can't just I gotta have a little. Give me like a Mariners flag or something with Julio Rodriguez's name on it, so I could stamp it on there or something. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I mean, I'm gonna win, so it's not gonna matter, but. We've really raised the stakes for the Derby even higher <laughs> than they've ever been at any point in the history of the Derby. So I'm more excited now than I was five minutes ago. Thank you, Doug Lanville. <laughs> you know, Doug, when some people think about baseball in Seattle, they think of Ken Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez. When we think of baseball in Seattle, we think of the great Dave Sims, voice of the Mariners for the last 17 seasons. Dave, welcome back to Starkville. Good to be here, fellas. Good to see you guys, Doug, Jason, T-Mac. This is good stuff, man. I enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks so much for uh, for inviting me on. Glad to be with you. Well, we love having you here, especially right now. I saw you on the field at T-Mobile Park before the Futures game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just so cool, uh, Dave, to see the way people gravitate to you at events like this. Uh, you you weren't even working in Seattle the last time the All-Star game was here. So uh, let's start with this. What does it mean to you to be a part of this one? Oh, man. First of all, you know, when we got the bid a few years ago, it seemed like it was a long, long ways away. And next time, boom, here it is. And, <laughs> you know, we've done the HBCU uh, show, the Swingman Classic. We did the Futures. Um, and to have it in the city, to have the baseball world, the sports world, 
And even there'll be some, I'm sure, some news stories about what's going on here in Seattle. The, the timing could not have been better because this is when the weather gets perfect. Only San Diego has better weather in the lower 48 at this time of the year. And it's just wonderful to be here. We had a chance to get a little chesty here in Seattle and, uh, you know, make it happen. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been here uh, for several days now and it just Every day is more spectacular weather than yeah. the day before. And that is not the case, like pretty much anywhere else on earth right now. So thank you. Thanks for yeah, working us into your schedule. <laughs> Good planning. Good planning <laughs> right. ahead. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the, the Seattle, the game, all the all-star hoopla in, in a minute. But first, I, I would love to talk to you about the team whose games you call the Mariners. Um, just, it, you know, it hasn't been this season that oh. most people expected the Mariners to have. I, I was looking at this over the weekend, Dave. Uh, you probably are well aware of this, but since May 2nd, I, I think I have this right. They've spent every day but three stuck between two games over 500 and two games under 500. It's crazy. And I, I think it's safe to say they expected more. We expected more. Why do you think that instead they've been kind of the ultimate 500 team all year? Yeah, you know, the pitching's been pretty strong. That's been pretty consistent. I think if you take away with the pitching, if the pitchers have not upheld their uh, end of the bargain, we're probably 10 under. The yeah. hitting has not been consistently good. You get the two, three-game stretch, and then all of a sudden, you know, the souffle just dies. And then they pick it up again, and then it goes down again. It's, um, I don't want to say it's aggravating, it's unnerving, but it's not what we were hoping for, that's for sure. <laughs> and, you know, we're not getting the year... Uh, out of say Eugenio Suarez at the stick, you know Julio's been good, but he hasn't been super good. Kelnick got off to a fabulous start and has cooled off a little bit. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez had a sensational June after a very rugged start. Uh, Cal Raleigh hasn't really got going yet. Uh, Ty France, good numbers, not great numbers. Um, the DH spot has not been fruitful. Um, I think that's been a problem. They've overcome injuries in the pitching staff to keep, you know, to keep in that range of two under, two over. But I think with the hitting, and as we speak right now, they're in the process of uh, trying to close out uh, Houston to win three out of four down there to the, have a very happy scenario for the break. You know, hopefully this is the launching pad. This makes like three years in a row, bad start, and then all of a sudden you kick it into gear. And hopefully we're gonna they're going to kick it into gear and go from there. Yeah, you, you know, the, the thing is about their offense, most of their important hitters have been healthy. You know, yeah. so yeah. did we did we misevaluate who they were running out there based on the euphoria of last year? Um, or has it just been underperformance, which would mean there's a lot more there in the second I, half? I think underperformance, there's a lot more there. Uh, it's been said a million times. You look in the back of their baseball card, and we're talking about productive dudes. I mean, hey, Eugenio Suarez at 49 bombs in one year. I think he's in, since the last five, six years. Jason, you know this better than anybody, but he's a top five home run guy, and he hasn't gotten hot yet. Teoscar continues to hit the ball hard this last you know, six, seven weeks after waving at anything that, that has a wrinkle in it and it's going away. Doug, you can relate to that. I mean, we all can. I mean, you see that, you know, the, the slider coming in, I got it. Next thing you know, it's, you know, it's, it's gone. That's been a problem. Um, it's just underperformance. I mean, and injuries, Robbie Ray lose him early, but the kid pitchers have stepped up in a humongous way. Uh, Brian Wu, uh, Bryce Miller, 
Uh, Logan Gilbert's throwing a beauty today. The second uh, he had a beauty, a complete a complete game shutout, boys. We don't talk about that much anymore because they don't happen. That was his last outing. I mean, so they're getting performance. Luis Castillo is pitching, you know, well. As ERA uh, is good, as run support has been terrible. That's why his record's not off the chart, but he still makes the All Star team. So that's where we are. Well, Dave, is there any one player or maybe group of players that? Well, when the moves were made in the offseason, you were kind of like, oh, don't let that guy go. Or maybe anybody kind of go out the door that you think was like an X factor last year? Well, you know, Mitch Hedegaard, when he was healthy, was always an X factor here. And now he's unfortunately hurt again down in in San Francisco. Uh, I thought getting Teoscar Hernandez, given the numbers he's put up during the course of his career, I thought that was like, with all due respect to Mitch, was an upgrade because Teo posts pretty much every day. Guys that got away, this is basically a returning cast. And I know the talk here in Seattle is like, hey, we got this close now. Go out and spend a ton of money, get a couple of humongous names. And uh, circumstances are such that that did not happen. Um, and and that, that that's out of my purview in terms of <laughs> making things happen. But, you know, to be honest with you, I thought that was the move. You, you know, we finally get to the playoffs. You know, Cal Raleigh is one of the greatest moments I've ever been associated with watching or let alone calling and beat Toronto that first round in the playoffs and give Houston everything they wanted. And you thought, hey, one or two more bats. I remember running to Jerry DePoto in a tropical vacation. And I, and I he didn't see me coming. And I walked up to him. I said, you got to get one more bat? And he turned around and looked at me. What are you doing here? <laughs> and, uh, and, He's trying to get away from you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I get another batter two or three? You know, so uh, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. So we're rolling with this group and, you know, pitching is the strength and you're hoping that the guys live up to their their numbers and, and move forward from there. Yeah, sorry to mention, Jerry. Uh, we're heading toward Jerry's favorite time of year, the trade <laughs> deadline. I mean, my guess right now is he's going to be a buyer unless something happens in the next two weeks to change that. Um Fangrass has Mariners playoff odds at 20% last time I looked. So it's not a lot, but I just kind of know how Jerry thinks. Um, I think we all do. What do, we all what do you expect Jerry to do? And what do you think he'll be shopping for? It, it, here, here's, here's my thought. I'm not going to be surprised by anything. <laughs> I would love to see him get the aforementioned bat. I don't think he's going to move any of his uh, pitching capital, which is outstanding. I think there's one or two more guys still to come if they need be, if need be. Um, I, I think it's offense. I mean, consistently, you know, every day when I, I look at across the board numbers and batting average, we've been bottom five darn near the entire year. And we've been anywhere from three to five to six in ERA. So that, I think that sort of screams screams out your answer right there. And, and the other thing, too, Colton Wong, uh, good track record has not hit the way, and he'd be the first to tell you, he's not delivered the way we thought he was going to. Jose Caballero has come out of nowhere, a minor leaguer. You know, he provides some, a little bit of pop and, and certainly a lot of chaos in, a, in the batter's box, the way he manipulates the clock. I don't think anybody, I, I, dare, I define, defy you to find a, a, a guy who performs better at aggravating pitchers with his timing in a, in a box. You, you just, it's hard to, it's difficult to explain. You have to just have to see it and you go, Oh, I get that. And I'd hate to play against that guy, you know, and it creates chaos. 
uh, and he's can you know he can play anywhere in the infield. So I think the continued you know the break's going to be good. Julio's going to I predict Julio's going to hit one totally out of the ballpark in home run derby, but that's a whole other story. Um, but get him to continue to pick it up, Kelnick, and all the right all of the big boys. If they if they do what they're supposed to do, the Mariners going to be where they want to be. Um. So that bat is that a bat who replaces Colton Wong? Is it somebody who you could DH? Does I, does the fact that there's no real permanent DH give him the flexibility to chase almost anybody? Uh, I would think so. Uh, there has been a recent spike in the last week, ten days. Mike Ford, he's in his third turn, a third turn with us. Yeah, been with the Yankees a couple of times. He has been igniting things home run wise. Uh, like I said, last seven to ten days, we had been getting no pop at all. You know, no fear factor coming out of the DH spot. And, you know, alternate, put uh, Murph or Cal, uh, Tom Murphy, Cal Raleigh, you know, rotate those guys in, give Gino a day off here and their tail. But in terms of having a rock solid DH like Nelly Cruz in his prime, not happening. And and uh, but I tell you what, if Ford hopefully has a better idea, he can continue to swing the bat and uh, and go from there. Well, you know, do you think there's anything? I mean, I always associated Seattle and big bat free agents to like the Bermuda Triangle or something. Like, you know, so I'm curious, like what you what you've collected over the years in terms of any thoughts on, you know, what that means, right? Richie Sexton, Adrian Beltre, there's a, all these guys go to Seattle and just it's a hard place to be that big bat. Uh, is there anything to it? Is it the weather? Is it or just what is that? I've heard. I've had numerous conversations and monologues from players, you know, the big bat guys. Uh, they prefer to have, you know, when, when if at all possible, just keep the roof closed because the ball travels a little bit better. But it, right now, obviously the weather, the uh, temperature has heated up significantly. We're in the 70s pretty consistently. Uh, the ball's, you know, you can get, you get your money's worth for the good swing. April, May, Marine layer hangs around late September, October hangs around late can be problematic, but they did. I, I'd say my 17th year here, I don't know, eight, nine years in, I guess it was, they moved the fences in a little bit because it was truly a pitcher's play a little bit less. So now, and if you say, say, if you get the barrel on it, it's going to, it's going to fly here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing 
ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. All right. Well, that, that kind of plays into the home run derby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was at the last home run derby here at T-Bumble Park. Um, if I remember this right, that was 2001. So only only Jason Giambi even hit 10 home runs yeah. in any round. Like Julio was doing that every 30 seconds. Last, oh, last year? That was, what, I was there for that. That was I, real. Unreal. Oh, so what, what do you think the world should expect? from this derby in T-Mobile Park. I like the guys in here and and uh I've I've always liked Luis Robert. Uh a Rosa Reina and Adolis Garcia are two of the strongest dudes. Garcia the fact, you know, Gabe Kapler I think was once on the, the cover of Muscle and Fitness. Yes, they sir. need to put Garcia on there. That boy is ripped. <laughs> First time I was on the field with him, I just looked at him and said, "Damn." <laughs> he's put together uh i still think julio can leave the yard and i don't know maybe if they have a the shipment of the right balls come in but uh let me see what happens on that <laughs> I, I think that um i think it's going to be entertaining i really do i, I favor the the right hand hitters in this ballpark because they have a chance if they get the right launch angle and if they've got the right bp bp pitcher i can see somebody leaving the yard and Nelly came close one time. Somebody, I think a Rosa Rayner was Garcia last time they were in, uh, did leave during BP. Uh, that's a poke. And it'll be interesting to see the left-hand guys go triple deck. Vogelback went up there. Uh, uh, who was it? It was a great first baseman of Toronto during the night. Uh, what? Delgado? Yeah, Delgado. Delgado, Delgado went. Oh, goodness gracious. I saw a tape of that. Delgado went third deck at our place right field. Not many guys have gone up there. I mean, that's like Willie Stargell kind of territory. Um, so that, that'll that be fun to watch. I, I think this has a chance to be entertaining. It's always entertaining. And I, I can promise you that the Titleist, the, the Titleists are in the house. Okay. Amen, so brother. The Amen. Polo carry. Like, like he, pro, he, pro V7. Yeah, they Once are. time, baby. That's right. It might, be, it might be the Pro V8 for this thing. Uh, you know, you mentioned Julio. Julio Rodriguez, Dave, such a magnetic player who you would just love to see be the face of our sport. Amen. In the Derby, on the All-Star team, and yet still hasn't had the season that any of us thought he'd have. Well, we what, do you, he, yeah, what do you think I, he is I, on his road to superstardom? I, I think he's going through that learning curve right now, sophomore jinx, and he's hyper- excited and he needs to just back it down a little bit. I say this on a regular basis because a lot of, they had a stretch there where he was swinging at first pitches. And, and it was like, you know, when you at the carnival and the strong man tried to hit the thing and, and ring the bell, <laughs> that's the kind of, you know, and I said, I, I think I told him, I know I've said it on the air. I said, dude, you don't have to hit it to Jupiter. Just hit it to Mars. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, he's so strong. 
I mean, it's outs, you know, or putting lives in danger, you know, the ground ball, you know, <laughs> 107, 110 off the bat. If he, you know, it, and then he's been getting jammed a lot because he's been swinging so hard. You know, the hands are out. Doug, you know this. You know, that front side is way out front. So he's lucky to get it on the on the label. So he's hit ground balls. He occasionally gets it on the barrel, uh, going the op- opposite way. He's done a better job doing that. But his personality, his magnetism is phenomenal. And, you know, I pray that he can get up to the 200, you know, 290, 300 and get on a home run tear because he, if you wanted to make this, he's like an ideal guy to be the face of baseball. Yeah, well, is there really a guy, is. is there a guy on the team like he, like mentor wise that he looks to, that you find him like close with that he talks about? Or Last year was Carlos Santana. No question about it. They trained together. And I think. This year is probably – we were in Yankee Stadium, and I was talking to Tao about this, and I think he – Tao's a guy that, you know, gets in his ear, puts his arm around, hey, hey, look, just calm down. It's not, you're going to be all right. You don't have to – can't hit an eight-run homer. Just be you. And I think that's uh, – and I think I, if you were to track the numbers, um, we were in Yankee Stadium, I don't know, a month and change ago. Yeah, they're not great, but they they certainly are trending upwards, and as we say, in the right direction. You know, to both me and Doug, uh, the other truly magnetic Mariners All Star is Luis Castillo. Uh, we oh, we talk about him a lot, man. I love watching that guy. He was actually my preseason Cy Young pick, and yeah. you know, it's funny he had he he hasn't really had that year, but ERA under three. There you go. Strikeouts. He's six and six. The Mariners are only nine and nine when he starts. What are you seeing there? And I, I, I feel like there's another gear to Luis Castillo. I totally agree with that. He had a. There's been a. Uh, I think his slider was has not been under the numbers in front of me, but I don't think the slider has been what we would have expected. And some of that running that two seam in on right handers, he hasn't been as crisp on on that. I mean, there's a couple, there have been a few games where he got lit up. And then, but I tell you what, he, they don't call him the rock for nothing. And he competes like a son of a gun. And he's, his ability to bounce back is pretty impressive. And I, I, I fully expect, and, and, and I think he gladly would wear this. I'm looking for a big second half from him. I really am. Um, just, again, one of those guys is too daggone much talent there for him to be, you know, you know, just trying to tread water. That's 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 not who he is. So do you see anything with the division, right? It's a, it's a little bit, you know, you had the Astros run last season. The Mariners obviously did really well. And now the Rangers have kind of come out of, you know, Bochi land now and right. are just a force. So what does it look like as you match up? Has that made a big difference in terms of just the Mariners just trying to get going when you're dealing yeah. with a kind of a new yeah, team that's like hot? right. Yeah, they. Uh, I think we're one in five against Texas. Their pit, their starting pitching's been outrageous. Um, uh, Evaldi, John Gray, uh, I think Martin Perez got us once. Their bullpen, uh, their closer was it Will Smith? Will Smith has been a couple, three times and he just shut the door. So and they hit. I mean, they come out of the box. Who was it? Uh, Brian Wu's first start was against. It was down there in uh, uh, in Arlington. He was down one nothing after two pitches. Simeon hit a rocket down the left field line for a double. Corey Seager following a bullet to the gap in left center, and it's one nothing. It's like, 
uh-oh. <laughs> but he he's another guy that has since turned it around. I mean, talking to um, a bunch of – several of the managers we've played since then, that's been terrific, uh, what he's been able to do. And then I thought Dusty called me back the other day. Where the heck are you? You're not in Houston. But he loved it. He was impressed by George Kirby. George Kirby, um, he's had one or two hiccups. But all in all, you want to talk about a dude that can bounce back. He had a bad game before he faced the Yankees. Was that here? I think it was here. He went eight innings, no walks, one hit. I think we won in, we won in like the 10th inning. And I said, there's one New York guy to another New York guy. You hit that New York state of mind, and that was a bleep you. And he said, <laughs> yeah, that's about right. And that's how he attacked. He attacked. He was in full attack mode. Fastball up here, up and in. Move you off the plate and then come back. He'll double up on it. He'll triple up on it. And then the secondary stuff is coming along pretty well. But the fastball sings, man. Yeah, he's, Good luck with that. He, he He's one of the most underrated young starting pitchers in the sport. Yeah. I don't think there's yeah. any doubt. Uh, hey, let's talk about some all-star stuff. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you think is the meaning of this event for Seattle. Uh, it's a it's a great sports town. I know yeah. they love their Seahawks, love the Kraken now. But <laughs> how would you describe Seattle as a baseball town? And what does it mean to host the game? Great baseball town. The guys from the 95 and, and oh, what's that, the 01 teams are still hugely popular. Futures game we had both coaching staffs for uh, Mariner alums, when they were introduced, it was huge. Felix Hernandez, Dave Valley, uh, uh, Lola Banez, Harold Reynolds, Alvin Davis. I mean, on and on. And uh, Jamie Moyer. I mean, all of those cats are, I don't think they never, they ever have to buy a drink in this town. And the excitement that they created, it's been a strong, almost immeasurable yearning to get back to that point where, you know, the Mariners are, you know, legit contenders are relevant. And I think, and that's what we were talking earlier, making the playoffs last year. And all of a sudden that was, a, you know, three shopping bags of relevancy. All of a sudden on your table, let's go. And we're trying to get back on that track right now. Uh, baseball history, the Rainiers, Fred Hutchinson. I mean, you can cite a whole bunch of names. Thank you, Bud Sealing, for taking the, you know, the, the original team here to, uh, to uh, Milwaukee. Um, we do need the NBA back, but it is a very good sports town. It really is. It's it's a little bit different from my 95 quarter where I grew up, you know, where you guys are from. I mean, I'm a Philly, New York guy. I-95, um, they're not quite as harsh as we are back in, on the East Coast. Uh, they don't express their frustrations quite as loudly and as vigorously and yeah, vehemently, and, and I'm trying to be polite here. That? <laughs> but they're not quite that safe. But it, nonetheless, they want to win. I'm telling you, the roar last year when Cal hit that home run and the sustained uh, uh, crowd noise and during the playoffs, standing for pretty much the 18 innings of Game 3 in the series against Houston last year, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. Hey, let me ask you about a rumor that was going around this weekend that I that I heard that really got my heart pounding. If it's true, is there any chance that pitching to Julio in the Derby is going to be Ichiro? Oh, and I wouldn't put that past him at all. Ichiro really? throws uh, he throws some early BP. He takes tremendous pride in throwing BP. 
if somebody offered him a contract to come in and say, hey, listen, we're going to use you twice, two, three times a week, come in and blow out situations or something, he would sign right now. Give me that pen. I mean, he, you know, when, when we're at home, you know, I, if I get there, you know, two, two, heck, he, I see him wrapping up a workout at two, two thirty. You know, he, he does long toss. He's still in unbelievable shape. You know, father time has taken away his ability to hit at the super elite level. But in terms of a guy who's still athletic, who can run, throw, uh, hey man, you put him in an age. I, I got, I got, I'm all in if he's in an age group competition. I'm all in on age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my favorite bizarre Ichiro memories was I can't remember exactly the, all the details, but this was his first year in the front office with air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. And there, there was a somehow a brawl broke out or the benches cleared. And out comes running Ichiro in full uniform. I've heard that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you remember this? Yeah, like, I've heard that story. Yeah, yeah it's funny. You don't see many other front office guys doing that. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I, I think I've heard that story. I think I, there was another story, I think, where Junior was hurt and he was in the clubhouse, I guess, doing rehab and he put on a shirt, ran out and, and yeah. you know, just gotten just to show up and support. And, <laughs> I mean, through, I don't think he was throwing at anybody, but, you know, just run down that run out through the tunnel and get out there and be with the fellas. So, you know, since we're talking all these Mariners legends, this, this is a good chance for you to help us. Um, what, like, what's the Mount Rushmore oh. of Mariners legends? I like, obviously, a, you know, kind of Griffey's the all-time most beloved. Junior Mariner. Edgar, Junior Edgar Randy. And each Felix one? probably is each and each one each one's gotta be on right. You if you're only doing four, Hard, right? Say, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Who do you? Man, we had all those, we had all those Mariners legends run around the field on Saturday, and like oh, it just really got me thinking about this. Yeah, not uh, definitely. Uh, that Junior Edgar got to go, Randy for sure. Gotta be. Ooh, boy, can we do an entry like we're at the fifth at Belmont? I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, it's on Mount go. Rushmore. We can find we can find those chiselers. They That's just right. Look at that. Yeah, there's more room. I mean, you got to have Felix on there. I mean, you know, the guy's King Felix. He's going into the Mariners Hall of Fame uh, next month. It was great to see him. He got a huge ovation. It was, you know, it was cool in the Futures game. He comes out for a visit to the pitcher. Well, I guess we, yeah, you got a couple more pitches left. But just to see him walk out, it just tickled me to know. And after watching him, I got to see – probably three quarter, 80%, 85% of his career. And I saw all of the humongous moments. And uh, it, it, reminded, it reminded me the night before in the Futures game, my man Marvin Freeman, hey, I'm making a mound appearance. I'm getting on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Marvin Freeman. No I love doubt. Marvin Freeman, man. Well, you know, with Ichiro, do you, do you think it's been enough time, I guess, to get – some perspective of like kind of what he meant to not only baseball, of course, but just like the Seattle community is, you know, he, he feels like he hasn't quite retired yet. <laughs> so, well, I tell you what, you know, what as long as he fits into a uniform, I, I had fully anticipated, you know, we come back in 10 years and he's 60 something years old and it, it ain't going to shock me to see him, you know, at the very least hit fungos, if not, you know, at supervising some, you know, uh, the outfield drills or something. Um, I remember there was a time, one time, oh God, years ago, I was playing at uh, Jefferson Park Golf Club. That's a muni here where Fred Couples grew up. And I went out as a single and I got put with these 
three elderly uh, Japanese American women. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a long day. Well, it turned out to be one of the great days of my life. One of the ladies who was sort of like the spokes, she was the alpha female. Said, what do I know you from? What do I know? And I told her, she says, oh, oh, yes, Mariners TV. Ichiro, how come he doesn't speak English? That's insulting. I want him to speak English when he's on TV. And I was like, it's out of my league. I can't help you. But they talk, she went on to talk about how um, his impact, his presence, his accomplishments meant so, meant so much to that community. And I think that still holds. And I think, and I love it when uh, Otani and the other Japanese players come in and you watch pregame and Itch's out there doing his run. And these guys will come out early. They take their hat off. They do, you know, very traditional. They bow and everything. It, it's, it's, the respect level is amazing. And the reverence that people still hold for him is off the chart. There really is an aura around each other. Yeah. Aura no of doubt. mystery, man of mystery. Yeah. I, you know, I saw Griffey yesterday. You, so you and Ken Griffey did an event together Friday. You were telling me about the, you hosted, co-hosted the HBCU Swingmen Classic, which was yeah. fantastic. Uh, it's a reminder, I don't think people can possibly comprehend everything that somebody like you does during All-Star Weekend. Well, can you tell us about your schedule uh, no, these few been, days? It's been wild, and uh, <laughs> and I'm going to reach for the oxygen sure, as soon as I finish with you guys. Um, Wednesday, I was in San Francisco, and I finished the voiceover on a piece that's running on SiriusXM MLB Network, uh, the Comeback Kids story of the 95 Mariners. Talked to um, oh uh, Rex Hudler, Edgar, um, uh, uh, Nelly talked to a bunch of guys. So I did that. That drops tomorrow. And then I get home. And then Friday, we I did the play-by-play with Harold on the Futures game. And then Junior was in the dugout. So we were back and forth with him. And then Harold would have, he said, he'd go over to such and such player. And Harold would relay questions to Junior who had asked the young players. And the players were obviously in awe of Junior. And I thought Junior for seven innings, man, he was, he was funny. They told unbelievably great stories. And he and Harold are a riot together. We had anecdotes from uh, Vince Coleman, uh, Roadrunner Ralph Gar, who talked about Hank Aaron, which like our wheelhouse, right? Any kind of story about Henry Aaron, Willie Mays, you want to listen to. So that was great. And then, uh, and then sat yesterday did the Futures game with uh, Jonathan Mayo, who's you know minor league expert, and uh, Yandor Alonzo, who's terrific. Love working with him. Uh, I was at Caroline Pineda had sidelines along with Sierra Santos. So that was great. And that's what, that's where I saw you uh, yesterday, Jason. Yes, so, um, and then today uh, MLB, Rob Manford and the Mariners and our chairman, um, John Stanton, we we're over at Rainier beach uh, rededicating a playground. They're putting in a turf field, but this massive playground. So that's going to be exciting. And then tonight um, uh, the players Alliance invited me, uh, to their gala here in Seattle. And uh, I, I'm getting a Game Ch- Changers Award along with Griffey and Mike Cameron. And I think there were J.P. Crawford, I think, was in that in that group. So it's been a very busy uh, uh, All-Star Week to start the All-Star Week. I'm going to go to Home Run Derby, hang out. I'll see you on the field uh, probably on Tuesday beforehand, <laughs> before the game. So, hey, man, it, this is baseball Christmas time, baby. This is great. This is amazing. <laughs> I mean, you get the, you know, the whole baseball world comes to town and you get to go down and see, you know, see and be seen and shake hands, connect, reconnect, that kind of stuff. So that is right in my wheelhouse. 
Yeah, we we love it too. I the, the Game Changers Award. Tell tell us a little bit about the Game Changers Award. I, you know, it, it was interesting. I ran into uh, Edwin Jackson. You know, had a heck of a career. 12, 13 teams. And, you know, won a whole bunch of games. And I saw him in the hotel lobby yesterday. I said, "Hey, man, you know, thanks a lot for this award." And he and he, he was like, "Hey, are you kidding? You're an OG, man." He said, "You're setting the tone. You know, you're out there in front. We see you." And I think I mentioned to you guys before in the history of Major League uh, telecasting, I'm only like the fifth African American to do to do telecast, you know, for a team, a team TV voice. I mean, Bill White, Kenny Singleton, Paul Olden, Greg Gumbel with the MSG for a couple of years, and me. And then Robert and, and Robert Ford, full time, you know, radio lead play by play for Houston, and yep. and I'm doing play by play radio and TV here in Seattle. That's it. And then there's wow. you got Doug, Darren Jackson, um, uh, Mike Claiborne, Tony, uh, Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, Tony, Tony Gwynn Jr., Cameron Maben, Craig Monroe, uh, the D train, Dontrell Willis. I haven't reached 15, have I? Counting all of us. And that happened. No. So, and that's one of the reasons. And then another thing we're doing, we had a couple of young uh, black college students. I think one might be out of college now with play-by-play experience and i mean my old man would be all over me but says hey man you, you know keep doing what you do because these young kids are looking up to you like you looked up to bill white and all those guys they see you they hear you they want to be like you and and i i love working with these guys and i said hey questions fire away don't hold anything back and and i'm gonna i'll have an answer for you, you may not like it but i'll have an answer for you <laughs> and 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 i and i really enjoy doing it because uh I remember the first time I saw Bill White on TV doing sports. Remember when he retired, Jason, when he retired as a Philly, I believe, 69, 70-ish, something like that, and he worked at Channel 6 in Philly. It's like, oh, my God, we're allowed to do this. This is amazing. And uh, you know, I sort of set my sights right right around there, maybe a little before, and certainly at that point where I decided, you know, this is the role I wanted to, you know, wanted to carry. Well, Dave, you are a game changer. Uh, you're so good at what you do. Uh, you're an inspiration to so many aspiring black broadcasters now who want to grow up and be you. So, look, thanks for all of that. Uh, thanks for making time for us. It's such a busy time for you. You're awesome, man. Please come back and visit us in Starkville anytime. You got it anytime, fellas. And enjoyed the opportunity to speak with you guys again. Always a pleasure. Two of my favorite guys, man. Appreciate it so much. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, it's that time again. It is time for listener trivia, our way of involving you, our favorite listeners in this show. Doug, we're coming off two straight defeats now heading into the break. Do you think there's any chance we could be trivia sellers at the trivia trade deadline? <laughs> uh, we're not really in the selling chair yet. Uh, is there a wild card? If there's a wild card, we're, we're definitely in good shape here. <laughs> it's nothing uh, but wild cards. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to acquire Shohei Otani, and then we're, we're good. We don't have to do anything after that. <laughs> What's that going to cost us? Oh, just, you know, we are have to rename the show, of course, at, at the very least. <laughs> Yeah, right. With our, it won't be any Stark or Glanville references at all, just for <laughs> Showtime or something, right? Okay. All right, just an update. Uh, we've missed two in a row, mm-hmm. and now we have one of our hardest questions ever to deal with today. So that's not good, but you know what they say, Doug, when you show up at the trivia park, you never know what might happen. Let's go with that, okay? So yeah. uh, on that note, let's welcome in this week's special Trivia guest star, it is Tim Lundberg, who has a Twitter handle we have to ask about. Um, uh, Tim, well, first of all, welcome to Starkville. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you. Um, okay, so your Twitter handle, at least right now, is the real whoever the hell I am. So, Tim, <laughs> who the hell are you? And, and what's the story behind that? Well, I just uh, I see so many Twitter handles about the real whoever. And I thought, well, I don't know who I am, but I'm the real one. So uh, whoever whoever you figure I am, by God, I'm in. Okay, well, now we know you are Tim Lundberg. And uh, I also know that you're in Seattle. Um, Tell us why you're in the same town we're in. Are you going to be doing any all star stuff? Yeah, we're going to try to get to a game if we can snag uh, some tickets that don't cost us several limbs. Um, <laughs> uh, that was the original plan when we uh, I planned for the trip of several months ago. And we figured, well, we'll either go to the game and have some fun or just go hang out and we'll see what happens. So yeah, I came out to see my son. He lives here in the area. Great. And you're not from Seattle then, obviously. No, I'm from Kansas City and unfortunately at the moment a Royals fan. <laughs> it's been quite a year all right well we'll talk uh, about the yes. royals some other time um please do <laughs> all we ask is that you go easy on us today um <laughs> lo- lots of hints always appreciated because okay i th- I think the word for your question tim is impossible <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. So, so go ahead let, 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 let's hear it then we'll go from there okay since it became an official stat only one mm-hmm. pitcher has been the winning pitcher and also had a save in an all-star game. Who is that player? Okay, so since A's became an official stat, that was 1969. Okay. I believe so. Um, all right, so, that, so 
we got that. Um, here, here's one question. Mm-hmm. Uh, had he won his Cy Young before both the win and the save? Is it- uh, I do not know, but... Um, okay, so that wasn't me, a requirement then. Let, mm-hmm. let me... I'll, I'll, I'll help you, maybe, just to let you know that <laughs> this person has won two All-Star games and saved two All-Star games. Oh my wow. God, that's a that's a lot. Well, okay, well, I, I mean, I, I I guess that's a good hint. <laughs> um, two and save two. Wow. Okay, uh, all right. Um, let's see if we can try to narrow down the error a little bit. You don't mind if I if I uh, try to milk as many hints out of this? <laughs> Not <laughs> at all. Give it right. Let did, me let me did, give you let me give wait, you. I know, I got, wait, I got a question. Did you okay, did sure. you ever face Doug Glanville, his pitcher? Ooh, um, I don't Doug think so. Doug's first year was 97, correct? Doug? Six. 96. Six. Came up in 96, he, that's right. No, Doug didn't, never had the misfortune of having to face this guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're going to give us another <laughs> We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah these, well, these four instances of the wins and the saves, they were in four consecutive years. Wow, that's crazy. Ooh. I mean, I was, I mean, I was kind of thinking... All right. Yeah, it's because, well, first of all, the American League rattled off all those wins. So I was hoping, yeah. okay, well, maybe it's America. But then since 96, the National League did win a bunch around then. Um, yeah, then be, but but before that but American then, League streak, then the National League used to win every year. Right, so four in a right. row. So it would be like seven, 70s, 80s National League, or then 90s, 2000s American League. Four well, years in face, a row. Well, I guess it's I guess it's possible. I'm assuming he, I didn't face him because he pitched before '96, you know, because like uh, or he yeah. had these All Star appearances in '96. Okay, so uh, be, all right. uh, you know, I think that's I don't know. Okay, so is that, that a fair? Yeah, right. So that means we're so naturally had a good run in there. Okay, was he was he as a, primarily a starter, a reliever, or both? Can you tell us that? I think he's best known as a reliever. Okay, so let's think about it. Um, right, so the usual know. suspects here would be Smoltz and Eckersley. Smoltz was okay. Smoltz was from your era. Yeah, I faced uh, the National League wasn't winning much. Okay, so I don't I don't think it can be him. He'd be, that'd be too obvious. Eckersley. I mean, he, I mean, he was bef- he was in the so he would be before you. Yeah, um, I did. But, I, I did face him though. I mean. Oh, okay. but, you know, it All might right. be subtle. I don't yeah, know. that's true. That's true. Okay. I did face um, and, and again, like, that'd be too obvious if it was them. So let's think about relievers who won the Cy Young, right? Eric Gagne would be after this. Face him. Steve Bedrosian, Mark Davis, yeah. Raleigh Band- Fingers. Willie. How about somebody like Raleigh Fingers? Uh, mm-hmm. Willie Hernandez, but he wouldn't have made four in a row. No four chance for that. Um, American, uh, yeah, see, yeah, Bruce, didn't Bruce Suter win a Cy Young? I think he did. So I think it's like in that Raleigh Fingers, Bruce Suter category. Yeah, um, this is really hard, man. Um, man. I, I, got, I look, I honestly have no clue. Uh, so do you have any guesses or any, uh, devious cheating schemes you could employ here? Ooh, I mean, I always like Bruce Suter. He's just kind of 
trivia friendly. We did have Raleigh Fingers one time before. I think I pulled that out of some hat. Um, all right. I mean, yeah. so to get the win, you know, what they come in, what, the fifth? Or, you know, why did they come in? They certainly didn't start the well, game. You remember now, the game was managed a lot differently back yeah. 30, 40, 50 years ago than it is now. Uh, there, yeah. You know, there wasn't like a parade of relievers. The, 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 they'd have some marquee starters would fill up a lot of innings first five, six innings, and then you have the greatest relievers in baseball would pitch just the end of the game. Um, It wasn't some miscellaneous middle reliever from the Tigers or something. Um, So that that would explain that part. Um, Well, I think it's like four in a row. Well, between those two pitchers, Suter National League, Fingers American League. Fingers also pitched Um, in the National League, though. He got traded to the Brewers. And then uh, right, the, that was, were they? Well, they were. Were they still an American League team? Oh, weren't they yeah, still they were. AL? Yeah, good point. So it, I feel like so. So who had the run? Like who had the run at, like, coinciding with their dominance? Like seven suitors, like 79, 80, You know, seventy seven. Right. Okay. So now here's the thing. You know, like when Raleigh Fingers was with the A's, they were so good every year. He'd be more likely yeah. to have pitched four in a yeah. row, I think. Okay, so and if we can eliminate starters, like he feels like a good guest to me. I don't have any yeah, idea, I, but that, he's a great he feels guest. Like it. I mean, he's a great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, relief pitchers who won the Cy Young. It's just a. It's a really short list. Although there were yeah. more back then. Like now, it yeah. never happens. I mean, I like it. I think it's a great guess. Okay. Well, Rob, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So twisted, twisted mustache. Uh, uh, okay. Let's uh, just for the sake of the mustache, we could do it. Uh, t- Tim, <laughs> I, th- this honestly might be the hardest question anyone has ever asked us. <laughs> I asked for all star wow. trivia questions this week. We got one. <laughs> so I don't know. We're just going to take a wild guess. Is there any chance it's Rolly Fingers? <laughs> You guys are really, really good because you said the answer, but it's not Raleigh Fingers. Oh, no. Bruce, Bruce Suter. Oh, God. <laughs> he was the winning pitcher. This. He was the winning pitcher in 78 and 79, and he saved yeah. the game in 80 and 81. 88 so, by the right years. You guys were right there. I was getting ready to to congratulate you and ring the, the winner's bell, but not this time. <laughs> hey, I, I got it. I got a, a a way for you guys to get extra credit, though. Okay. Um, looking at baseball reference, they would credit someone for a save if they qualified, even though it wasn't an actual stat. So the first person to actually qualify, even though it wasn't a real stat, was Vern Law. Wow. Now, that, was, Vern, that would have Vern been like 19... an all-star game, and 60s. he won an all-star game, and he also won – uh, Cy Young one year, but what what was unusual about Vern's win and save? Oh, that's you're asking us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. what was unusual about his win and his save? Oh, I got an uh, idea. Same year. Exactly. Exactly. 1960. Good. They played two all-star games. He saved mm. the first one, won the second one. All right. Nice. So you guys get some extra credit. We didn't get any credit before this, so that's good. Heck, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's a, there's also a second one. Who yeah, that? there's another pitcher, very well known, but he was a starter. And he, he won. This was pre sixty nine. 
like one in the same day. He saved the game in 63, and he was the winning pitcher in 67 and 68. Wow. Mm. 63, 67, 68. Uh, Gibson's a really good guess, I I think. Uh, Think West Coast. Gibson's not that good a guess. Don, Don Drysdale, Dean. That's what the NL was winning all the time then. So, yeah, Don Dye, Drysdale seems right. Or Ma- Marichal. Correct. I don't know. Yeah, it was Don Drysdale. You're correct. All right. All right. So we're good at the questions that we don't get any credit for. Yeah. <laughs> Just get we get bonus points. <laughs> bonus points. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we've reminded everybody that our foremost skill is coming up with the right answer. Talking ourselves out of it <laughs> and then going down to crashing down a defeat, which we've done again. And like, honestly, it, whatever, it doesn't matter if we get the questions right or wrong, because whatever happens, we can then turn to the best part of the segment, which is never the part that involves us. <laughs> it's the part where we bring in the mayor of Starkville, Tim McMaster, to play another epic play-by-play clip involving this week's answer. So, Tim, what have you got for us? We got a little Bruce Suter highlight reel coming. I only had four options here. It was two wins and two saves. And he didn't <laughs> yeah. finish the win, so that limited again. Yeah. We're going to go to 1980, uh, the All-Star game in Dodger Stadium. Here you go. 4-2 National. Stretch will go from first with a pitch, and he gets him swinging. So the beat goes on and on and on. Nine straight, 17 of 18. The National League does it again. One cool note on Suter as far as, you know, four in a row, right? He won, won, yeah. save, save. The next year was 1982, and he saved game seven of the World Series. Ooh, I'm sorry, he saved he, the clinching game of the World Series for the Cardinals. Yeah, he, he wow. had a good run. He had quite a run. Yeah. That's, like That's how guys wind up in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. right. yeah. so, so tim uh i want to thank you for frying our brain cells with that question yeah. <laughs> glad, we, glad to do it yeah we, we, we got we, eight left <laughs> all right uh listen we enjoyed it uh please enjoy your time in seattle uh thanks for yeah. joining thank us you. in starkville and please come back again sometime thank all you right. hope to do it thanks tim Strange but true. Uh, you know, Doug, I don't know that any player not named Otani has ever just taken over this segment and forced <laughs> us to talk about him every week. But here we are, because last week we talked about Ellie De La Cruz of the Reds. And this week we're talking about Ellie De La Cruz of the Reds. <laughs> like, how could we not? Because on Saturday, he did more Ellie De La Cruz things. Um, just set the stage here. It was seventh inning tie game in Milwaukee. Uh, he singles in the go ahead run. So he's on first base two pitches later. He steals second. And then two pitches after that, he does a thing. I have never seen anybody do. Let's just listen to how it sounded. He takes off again, pitch down and in fade throw. There's no chance. Well, Two steals. De La Cruz had already looked a couple of times at Brian Anderson, knowing that if he got a jump, he's going home. The throw. He's <laughs> going home. 
<laughs> yeah, he was. I'd say if you haven't watched a highlight clip of that yet and you're listening to this, you need to do that. Okay. Oh, like, yeah, as soon as you please. get finished listening to this, you need to do that because it is mind blowing. So he, he stole third so easily. There wasn't even a throw. Okay. And then he rounds third after stealing third. And uh, uh, it, okay, our friend Trent Rosecrans wrote this in The Athletic. The pitcher, who was Elvis Peguero, did something no one else in baseball has been able to do. Take his eyes off Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just takes off for home, and it's not even close. So, exactly. so, Doug, before we get into the strange but true stuff, have you ever seen that? He stole third at home on the same pitch. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I was looking at. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's times like people fall asleep, but like you know, I think of like high school, a guy turns his back on you, first and third, he drops the ball. But I, I'm I'm trying to imagine like within four pitches going around the bases. Like it was like an inside the park home run, basically. He's like he turned a single into an inside the park home run. He's just like, okay, I'll just keep going if you're not gonna right. stop me. And could have stolen first again, I suppose, if he wanted to. But uh yeah, just just banana. So, um, but I, it, it inspired me though. It inspired me to do a little bit of research here. And you've um, done a little research. Yeah, I, I decided to look up the most uh, incredible robberies and heists in history. Yeah. So, you know, in my research of these heists that have been uh, world renowned, I came across one of my favorites in 2005 in Fortaleza, Brazil. There was a burglary of Banco Central. So I'm going to call this the De La Cruz burglary at this point. Uh, and it was fascinating because they there's 25 members of this gang and they created a fake landscaping company. And it, and they thought and their job was to dig a tunnel. And nobody asked any questions because they were a landscaping company. So they just kept digging and digging and digging. And for three months, they kept digging until they got to the vault after 256 foot tunnel. And they robbed them of $71.6 million. <laughs> uh, so I figured, you know what? We have to honor De La Cruz in the type of heist that he just executed on the baseball field where he stole second, stole third uncontested. And then while the pitcher was sleeping, he dug a tunnel of 90 feet and came up at home plate and scored himself. I mean, that's what he did. So in honor of him, I think we should start thinking about uh, starting to rank all his stolen bases because I think he's going to have a long list by the time it's said and done. Okay. Was the Money Heist crew involved in this at all? Or <laughs> my thinking is something else. Okay. The, so, we, Larry, we need, right, let's think about this. We need like a uh, a, a title, uh, the the Bago Central. I don't know. Uh, you, give it some thought. Burglar, burglar Central. Uh, this is. Yeah. I, I, I like you. He just hit me with his cold, so I haven't had a chance to think oh, it through. Yeah, well, but there, that's all right. There, there's definitely a a show or a, a a mini series or a sitcom or something <laughs> in there. I don't know what. But I, I'm going to steer this back to baseball because my job is to fire out the baseball tidbits. So here we go. Yes. Okay. So yeah. LA is the first red to steal second, third, and home in the same inning since. Greasy Neal on Greasy. August 15th, 1919, yeah. 
greasy <laughs> Neil, who then went on to become a football coach. <laughs> so, so, so there's that. But as you know, Doug, uh, L.A. De La Cruz did not just steal second, third, and home in one inning. He did it with the same player batting, uh, Jake Fraley. <laughs> Uh, did it all two pitches. So n- nobody has done that. Steal second, third at home in the same plate appearance since Ride Crew. That was over 50 years ago on May 18th, 1969. And so because I'm weird, I looked up the Rod Carew inning today. And I noticed something crazy that nobody has talked about. Okay, so Rod Carew in that game stole second, third at home. <laughs> Uh, all with Harmon Killebrew batting, okay? But this is the crazy part. Peru and Cesar Tovar both stole home in that inning with Killebrew <laughs> at the plate. Okay, so there were two steals of home in the same plate appearance. So let me ask you what, that. Again, like, have you ever heard of that? Two steals at home in the same at bat? Really? <laughs> All right, now who in the world is on the mound? I mean, what are they doing? Who is what pitching? are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I'd have like, to find this. Hold on. I mean, I you want me to look this up? No, I mean, I, I, I gotta know. I, that, that's that's I, the protagonist in all this. The guy, yeah. he's like the security guard, just sleeping, and the vault is just left open. <laughs> that's right. You know? This was no landscaping job, but um, okay, hold on <laughs> one second. The pitcher was you've heard of him, Mickey Lolich. Okay. He allowed Mickey. five steals and a balk all on the same at bat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, the balk was the previous at bat. Never mind. But five still five steals in one at bat. Two of third, two and, of home, one of second. And what and, what, and how the world is Killebrew not swing the bat at some point? Like, I mean, I can't you took five pitches and you're Things like are a going power a lot runner? better with an ounce without him swinging. Way better. So. <laughs> you didn't have to do a thing except stand there and two runs scored. Pretty good. Does he, get an RB, does he get an RBI for that? He should get some RBIs just for not swinging. Uh, he got on, no man. RBIs, but we, <laughs> we, we, we appreciate that he was playing. Um, I, I, so one more thing here. has uh, This was part of the play-by-play that we just heard. Has L.A. De La Cruz ascended to the status of most I mean, look, thrilling I, you know, player It's hard to ever baseball. take Shohei Otani off that mantle. Right. But I, but I think if you if you isolate it to base running, you could say yes. I mean, Acuna Jr. amazing, but the, it's the fact that he's a creator out there. This guy just like improvises, has great instincts, always always paying attention. I mean, that's the other thing. And you gotta love the hair. I mean, you know, because every time he steals, he takes his helmet off, he flips the braids around, he just gets it back up. It has got a flair. It's just, you know, he's just exciting to watch just as a player, but he also understands that he's an entertainer. Uh, just great to watch. But yes, talent wise, sure. I mean, he, he's got the arm. This guy's 6'5 and plays a shortstop. He can play, he's hitting the ball out of the stadium. And now he's stealing home and one to bat. I mean, I, I don't know what's, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's just, he's just making up stuff to amaze us with. So that, that's definitely. A whole nother level. I, I, I know. I you know, like I haven't written any of this down, but okay, he's been in the big leagues for thirty days. He's got a cycle. He's got <laughs> stole third and home on the same pitch. <laughs> he hit a ball one hundred and eighteen miles an hour. He hit a ball that almost left the the yard in Cincinnati. Almost carried the upper deck and went into the river. Um, 
He threw a ball 96 miles an hour. He's got two four-hit games. He's played 30 games. <laughs> this is nuts. That's, like a, that's a career. That's like a 10-year career. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean you, had, you, you had nine years in the big leagues. You probably haven't done half right. of that. That's just wrong. No, I mean, not even close. I, yeah, have, have, we, have we? Have we? I mentioned this week that I'd love to see Ellie Dela Cruz in the All Star Game. We need to invent the uh, Rising <laughs> Star slot just to get him here, please. We still have time, yes. a couple hours. <laughs> I'd like to. Well, I think it'd be really impressive if you know everybody takes a ferry around here. I think it'd be very impressive if they like ferried him in. You know, like down. You know, the sound over here, and Good. just put him. Yeah, just named it the De La Cruz Cruise. That works, right? De La Cruz Cruise. And just drop them off at T Mobile. <laughs> and helicopter. Well, I, made it I was on one of those ferries just the other day, and you, you can't miss T Mobile. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the LA De La Cruz Cruise. I'm, I'm all in on that. All right. That's going to do it for this week's show. We'll be bringing you podcast magic just like this all season long on the Athletic Baseball Show which is available in its entirety, absolutely free everywhere you get your podcasts. And you know what? If you'd like to read my weird and wild columns or my midseason award columns or any of the great baseball coverage of The Athletic, oh, we can tell you how. Just go to theathletic.com slash baseball show. And if you're a new subscriber, you can sign up for a one-year subscription for just $1.99 a month for the next 12 months. But also remember that you too can be part of this podcast. Every show, we pick a great listener trivia question. Then that lucky listener gets to join us right here and prove once again, there's almost no baseball trivia question we can't come up with the right answer and then talk ourselves out of. (laughs) So how would you do that? Uh, you can email us at Starkville at theathletic.com. That's Starkville with an E on the end. Or uh, you can check out my Facebook fan page. Uh, we've been getting some fun questions there in the last few weeks. Uh, we also had a groundbreaking thing happen this week, Doug. We had a trivia question submitted via Threads. So since Threads is, Threads is now a thing, we'll be checking for <laughs> Threads questions also. Or... You can do what most people do if they have not reached their Twitter scrolling uh, quota. <laughs> okay. And they send us their questions via the remnants of Twitter. Doug, you can speak as a remnant of Twitter. Where could people find you? <laughs> well, I still do have a, a blue check. Um, yeah. But yeah, thread sounds interesting. Uh, I have to check it out. Um, yeah, it's the same place. I would, I got to come up with a new handle apparently, but I'll start off with this one at Doug Glanville. Pretty simple D O U G G L A N V I L L E. I'm still there, I'm still checked. I'm good. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not checked, I haven't checked for you, but uh, you can find me at Jason SD at J A O I S O N S T. Uh, if you're going to tweet at us, hashtag those questions, hashtag Starkville. QS. Doug, thanks for playing. Thanks to the great Dave Sims for visiting us. Thanks to Tim Lundberg for the great trivia question. Thanks to the mayor of Starkville, Tim McMaster, for producing us and putting up with us on No Sleep. And thanks to you all for listening. Doug and I will see you next week on Starkville. Starkville.